Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Now we have more entertainment news coming from our entertainment correspondent, Katia Woods. She is also contributor to the Philadelphia Tribune. And she has her own show, Cup of Soul Show, on a Cup of Soul Show. <laughs> you know what? It's just the holiday on uh, YouTube. <laughs> How you doing, Katya? Good. It's all good. We're all, we're all doing the best we can. You know, got, right? it's like the end of this year is, is like, wow, you know, it's it's uh, that time of the year where you're kind of reflecting on what has happened and you're looking forward to the new year. But it's also like, you know, you're at the end of uh, a long slog of time. So, I yeah. Anyway, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. Yeah, I saw that you had a look like a fantastic holiday celebration. Good looking family, Katya. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So, we even got the dog to, to sit still for a picture or two. Yeah. <laughs> I know that had to be a challenge. Well, Katya, this entire year in entertainment was probably one of the more interesting years that either of us in our careers can remember. What is your take on entertainment in 2023? I think that the number one thing is, is, is been due to the strike has been, you know, fair pay and equity, you mm. know, I mean, it's, it's, we've all seen Taraji's comments, but it's like people are wanting to go with the misinformation and forgetting that one of the reasons that the actors the writers went on strike is because of compensation. They felt they were not getting paid for what they contributed. And we found out real quick how everything came to a halt without writers and without talent. So, you know, um, and somehow, you know, after we heard some interesting comments from studio heads, people seem to think that it's Oprah Winfrey fault, but which is really interesting, Mm -hmm. but I think that's the thing is, what will the industry do to circumvent another strike happening in the future? Will they pay talent what they're worth? We are seeing first signs of shows being able to publicize and see their number and what they're doing on Netflix, because that's part of the agreement. They ha- they are entitled to see those numbers, you know, and a lot of shows that are no longer with us are seeing that they perform quite well. So then the question is, why is Netflix canceling these shows? So all of that, I think, is the big takeaway from this year. What have studios learned from, you know, paying people for their work? Are they just, is this a one and done, you know, in order to get everybody back to work? Or going forward, are things going to be better? Is there going to be real equity? Well, you know, as usual, things are passed along to the consumer, uh, Katia, because I got a notification today that my Amazon Prime would be going up if I wanted to continue watching movie movies and TV shows without commercials. So I thought that was very interesting as a first step into 2024, because that's usually the case. If they are if there are additional costs, those will be passed on to consumers. So I think it will be interesting to see as we move forward, how that's going to happen. It seems like Netflix and now Amazon Prime and others are asking you to pay a little more for the commercial-free viewing that we've all grown to uh, enjoy. 
I don't think people have a problem paying more. I mean, it's good business sense to get revenue, to get these commercials, to pay, to be in these shows that have a high viewership. I don't think that's the issue. The issue is when consumers then see you're charging me more, but you're not putting that money back into the workers. And when we hear year-end earnings and you hear that CEOs that are laying people off that are canceling shows are still getting their $20 million bonus. It's like it's one of the few businesses where you don't have to perform up to expectations and you still get rewarded, which people are like, where are we doing that at? What job do you have where you fail miserably and you get paid for it? Do you know what I mean? So I think that's where you have to be careful where you have to say, hey, wait a minute, I'm okay. Or even if you're paying for the subscription with the commercials, but who's getting the coins? Right. You know what I mean? That That's the $24 million question. And, and also we have to look at shareholders. Our shareholders are going to say, hey, you know, you getting $20 million, stuff is not working. A lot of these movies are not performing the way that that they would like them to perform who's got to pay and it should it can't be the people from below because it's a person on top the people on top that make the decisions right. that's the part we always got to remember uh you know producer joe blow and an actor such and such doesn't green light a 20 million dollar film or a 30 million dollar film that's not how that works yeah, I thought it was interesting, too. Now that Netflix is finally providing numbers so that we know exactly what is streaming on the network and how many views it's getting. So the show that was their top show this year was probably not one that people would have thought it would have been because there were so many other shows that had all of this social media chatter and this that, and the other. And while that's important, eyeballs are really going to be probably the number one indicator. And that show was The Night Agent, which was the spy thriller show that was Netflix's number one one watch show of 2023. So it will be interesting too how they're going to play on these shows that are getting this social media chatter, but maybe not getting the eyeballs. How is that going to work? Well, we got to remember, right? Then there's social media world and then there's real world. We saw this with <laughs> elections, right? Yeah. They were pulling everybody, but the people that really came up to vote, which ended up being Gen Z. Gen Z came out in droves, but they don't pull Gen Z, right? So we we have to learn that while social media is a part of it, it is not the end all and be all. And also Netflix is a global company. We got to remember when it premieres here in the United States, it premieres in Europe, it premieres in Latin America at the same time as we found out with Bridgerton, right? So maybe just because what we see in our algorithm, which is, you know, Netflix mostly the United States because we are in the United States. That doesn't mean that people in other parts of the world are watching it and that's not a big thing. And I think that's what these numbers are revealing. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's just like with music, we have certain artists that are known here and then you have artists overseas that are superstars. So I think that's the takeaway is you can't go by just social media. I mean, look at the color purple. Everybody kept saying, oh, there's no chatter about it. There's no chatter about it. I'm going to chatter about it. I'm like the people that went out to consume the product are not on social media. Mm. They're our mothers. They're our aunties. They're not on Twitter. They're not on Instagram. They're definitely not on TikTok. But these are the women that gathered church groups that went to see the Broadway show on a Wednesday, they had dinner, they went and saw the show, they did some shopping. 
these same women organized to go see the movie. So I think we got to get better. And I, I've always said this. I don't understand the obsession with this demographic of 18 to 25 determining everything and everything, right? Mm -hmm. We know that women's, women over 40 are very much still active. Women over 50, uh, retirement doesn't look like what it looked like when our grandparents retired. People are living longer. People are healthier. People are more active. So there is a consumer base that gets ignored all the time, which is 50 and over. And those people went to the movies. They still buy things. They still want things. They still watch things. So if you're saying who is going to support certain things, these are the consumers that go to film festivals because they can afford it. These are the consumers that watch these art house movies and things such and such. And these are the consumers that showed up for The Color Purple more than Aquaman and even Wonka. So that's really something to think about. And I hope that studios are looking at it and learn to market to that demographic. What are the influencers in that demographic? Right. And I agree. And I think that that's one of the reasons why you've seen the success of Tyler Perry, because he focused on an audience that the rest of the entertainment industry ignored. He knew that audience well. He played and catered to that audience. And now he's what, a billionaire? So it worked out for him. Uh, Here's my question to you. What do you think was the biggest artistic achievement from somebody African-American in this year or African? I think there's a couple, you know, I think we are not talking enough about Ava DuVernay's origin. Mm. I think that movie is it's going to be one of those movies that years from now, people are going to appreciate because it tackles a very important and very timely subject, which is the influence of racism and economics and the intertwine of how different parts of the world have used to assert power over other people, you know, how our evilness has influenced, you know, just like our culture and good things have influenced other parts of the world. So has uh, systemic racism, you know, Jim Crow and the list goes on and on other groups of the world, you know, the class system and just examining that conversation. And it's a very well-made film, but it tackles an uncomfortable subject matter and great performances. So I think that's the film, even though it's not getting the award shatter, that we're going to be talking about how she made this film and she had to make it independently. Neon is the distributor because no one really wanted to fund it because of the subject matter. Right. And that was, was that your top pick uh, in terms of 2023? (laughs) I mean, it's in my top three. I think Origin definitely is a film... It's a film that stayed with me. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, I think about when I think about a good film, right? I don't necessarily think about a film that wins a ton of awards or won a ton of money. You know, although I enjoy Barbie, I'm asking myself, am I watching this movie a year from now, 10 years from now? And the answer is no. It was it did what it needed to do. It's escapism and it's fun. You know what I mean? And in terms of that. But is it one of those films where you're like, "Mm, no, you know what I mean? I think American fiction is also very, very smart. You know, I think Wonka and The Color Purple have continued to show that audiences do appreciate musicals. Mm. Like stop saying and stop if it's a musical and people don't want to market it as a musical 
People enjoy musicals. The key is make a well-made musical. If you make a bad musical, people don't want to see it. But if you make a good musical with people that can actually sing and dance, shocking, I know, then you have a hit. That's the other problem. You keep wanting to give us names, but then when we come and we see and we're like, well, wait a minute, this, 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 this voice is not giving what it needs to give. This dancing is very lackluster. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So I think in terms of that and, and, and around the holidays, especially, I think people enjoy that. Um, there are some other films that, that I think we'll be talking about at ISA festivals, um, in 2024, but in terms of documentaries, uh, the Stroll and Kokomo City are two really well-made documentaries that talk about trans lives, you know what I mean, from the perspective of trans people. We always talk about why do we not hear from certain parts of the community? And those are two movies that I think will stay with us because, again, it's giving us an insight from their lives, from their perspectives. Well, I have to say, I if I didn't see a lot of movies this year, just because once I started doing radio, my time just got compromised. But I did see probably the most underrated Black movie that I can think of in the last 10 years. That was a British film directed by a Black British woman. It's called Rye Lane. It starred Rain, Al- uh, Rain Allen Miller is the female director who did it. It's about, uh, basically it's a, a love story and it's a hilarious love story. It was just completely, I guess it came out of Sundance last year. People loved it. And then somehow or another, it just fell off maybe because they weren't able to promote it quite that much. But if you can catch that, on Netflix or wherever it may be. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. I thought Hulu, in fact, was a great channel this year for Black content. I'm assuming this is because of the Onyx Collective. The other Black girl was a great uh, uh, limited series. I hope it, I don't know if they're going to come back for a second season. I think it ended enough uh, that it could. And I also enjoyed Black Cake, which I didn't feel like uh, enough folks were talking about Black Cake, which was a movie that I didn't recognize anybody in that movie. So I guess if I would have to say it is the fact that we are looking at more content from a cl- across the Black diaspora. So you've got African films and British films and new talent, uh, both on the acting and directing side there. So I would like to hopefully see more of that in 2020. 24. Oh, I agree. I think when people always say to us, you know, I'm sure you get it too. Where's the black talent? Where's the black film? It's all around us. Mm -hmm. You just have to get out of your bubble and you have to go support it. I'm, I mean, listen, it's, we're in the middle of award season and for once we have multiple things by black people, by people of color, where we're not sitting there going, Oh, Mm, you know, we got to go to below the line to find people that are going to be honored. We have a year where we possibly could have not just one group of pe- people of color. We could have an Asian actress be nominated for Best Actress. We could have a Native American actress be nominated and a Black actress. That is like never done. That's the, It's a sad thing to say that in 2023, we're still not all the way normalizing this. But that is a good thing. We are better when we are diversified. You know what I mean? And these are all women that are capable and great, giving great performances. And they deserve to work. They deserve to get paid. They deserve to have opportunities 
just like their counterparts. You know, we're talking about different looks. Exactly what you said is we're getting great in documentaries. We're getting a lot of great content by women filmmakers. You know, A Thousand and One is in my top 10. Great film by a first time filmmaker by the name of A.B. Rockwell. Mm -hmm. She also wrote the screenplay. Uh, Tiana Taylor showed everybody that she is beyond a dramatic actress. So great. You know, Core Jefferson also, you know, was a former journalist, uh, was a TV writer, and this was his first screenplay, and he made American fiction. So we're getting different things. So when people say, well, we're tired of slave narratives, there are options, and there's more coming in, in, in 2024. You just have to go and support it. You know what I mean? And and I love the fact that we're getting, again, more movies and opportunities from women of color. The key is Hollywood's got to start funding these films and giving them the budget of their counterparts. You know, Greta getting this budget and having this opportunity is great, but it doesn't trickle down to all women. It doesn't trickle down to women of color. That's the disconnect that a lot of people have. You know, it's great for Greta and it's great for women that look like Greta. But it doesn't help somebody like a Gina Prince Bywood, who's been doing this before Greta was. It doesn't help some of these other women. So the conversation still is, when is a woman of color going to get that type of support? You know, look at what Nia DaCosta went through with the Marvels, you know, who is a great filmmaker. But she was, again, I don't know what it is. And somebody needs to explain it to me why we like to blame black women for when things go awry or things are not done right or people aren't taken care of, but we don't want to go after the people who really have all the power. It's like we see there's a black woman involved. It's got to be her fault. We've seen it with Oprah. We've seen it with Nia DaCosta. We got to ask ourselves as a community, do we want to win or do we just want to be angry and full of hate because we don't like somebody that we've never met, never interacted with out of imaginary things in our mind that some gossip columnists came up with. All right. Well, I think we know who lost the year. That would probably be uh, Diddy. I would say he was the world's uh, biggest loser in entertainment based on uh, alleged actions of his. Who would you say was entertainment's biggest winner? I I have a name in mind. I want to see if you agree. I mean, there's a couple people. I think Quinta Brunson continues to to shine. You know, I think I love that Shirley Ralph is getting her flowers. I think in terms of, you know, she lived long enough. She hung in there long enough to get her flowers and for people to 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 see her. I think that's important. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I think in terms of... Um, Again, I think in terms of, of movies, it is, I want to say it's, 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 it's black women, like women. I love what's happening with Fantasia. Mm-hmm. I love that she is standing. The woman that we met in American Idol and the woman we are seeing today, the growth, the mm-hmm. confidence, just the way she's shining, you know, uh, she's speaking more firmly. Do you know what I mean? I sure. think that that's a beautiful arc. You know what I mean? Uh, I, and I'm so glad that she she's getting this opportunity. Also, we got to remember she's a person that you know dropped out of high school and she reinvested in 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 teaching herself and to you know to making up some of that gap. 
So I think that's something that makes me feel really, really good. But I'm curious to hear your person. Beyonce. I think Beyonce won the year and I'm going to tell you why. I think she won the year because she obviously put on a fantastic tour. It was the probably aside from Taylor Swift on the more mainstream side, the most talked about music tour of the year. She made either close to or a full billion dollars off the tour. Then she put out a concert movie. She didn't get divorced. She didn't do a memoir where she told all her business. She gave you some behind the scenes in the Renaissance concert film without giving you everything away. And she kind of quietly, in a sense, although the tour was very hyped, I don't think that she really got the full credit that she deserved of having the kind of success that she had as a woman in the business because the mainstream media eclipsed a lot of that success because of Taylor Swift's success. Once again, you know, now we were just talking about Kanye and you remember when Kanye was like, I'm gonna let you finish. I think that that is kind of the case with uh, Beyonce. I really do think that she won the year in entertainment uh, and you know, I, I, well, I agree. I feel like here's the thing. Um, even though the two women very consciously, Beyonce came to Taylor's um, premiere, mm-hmm. showed up, and was like, "We're not competing. There's enough room here for everybody, mm-hmm. right?" And then Taylor showed up at Beyonce's Renaissance premiere in London. Same idea. I don't have beef with this woman. Stop putting us against one another. We're two individuals to bring something completely different to the table. The more of us that are winning, the better. But the media, I don't know what it is with women. They always want them to be bickering, whatever, whatever. And the other thing I think is with Beyonce, and I think with a lot of women, even women like Oprah, they don't talk. This is the issue, right? Let's be honest. We're in this media thing of sound bites, right? And Beyonce does not participate in that, neither does Oprah. Right. So all these false narratives and all these things start spinning and all these people start making things up that are six feet, you know, adjacent to these artists. And Beyonce lets her work speak for herself. She's using this movie to be her voice and to say, to be her interview, for lack of a better word, right. to show the hard work that going, the things that she deals with, you know? There's a part in the movie where she gets questioned, where she is asking a question and a person is like questioning her ability. That's Beyonce. Right. Think about that. They, she is paying someone and they're questioning her ability for her own show, for her own brand, for her own situation. As a black woman. Like I know we all watched it and we were like, well, even Beyonce has people that are like, but should you be on this? So I think, yeah. So I think (laughs) you're right. I think Beyonce doesn't get the credit that she deserves. And I hate to say this because she is a black woman. Right. But at the end of the day, you numbers don't lie. Two plus two is four. People flew to Sweden. People flew to Sweden that would have never gone to Sweden to see Beyonce. All over the world. Well, Katya, you know what? We'll agree on Beyonce. I think Diddy, Biggest Loser, Jonathan Majors, probably uh, both a winner and a loser since he's Mm -hmm. probably not going to do extensive jail time, uh, but has lost his Marvel Marvel association. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But definitely Diddy on uh, the Biggest Loser side and Beyonce, I would say overall biggest winner in entertainment. Always good talking to you. Happy New Year to you. I'm sure we'll have many 
much more to explore as we head into 2024. And you'll be back next week to give us a preview of the year. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much and have a very happy new year. Happy new year, everybody. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.